I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. On today's episode, it's you and me talking about my favourite TV shows from 2023. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I don't have square eyes. That's just the shape of my glasses here on Big Squid. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's great to have your company and some of you are probably thinking, why is he doing a best of 2023 so far into 2024? And I'll tell you, like it's a deliberate choice, it is because I don't understand people and other podcasts that do best ofs for the year before the year has ended. So that makes no sense to me and... You know, I, I I kind of include TV shows that started in 2023 and I want to see how they end. And look, to each their own. Everyone else does their podcast in their way. But I'm always curious to be sitting there and hearing uh, another podcast or people trying to rank things and saying, yeah, this might have been higher, but I'll just have to wait and see how it ends. And it's like, well... Why, why don't you just wait and see how it ends? Because you, how can you judge something? How, how can you put it anywhere if you don't know how it ends? There are two shows on my list, I reckon, that were probably, if I'd just watched them halfway through, uh, would have been halfway down the uh, favourite list. But uh, waiting for them to end... And then the reverberations that they sent backwards through the show, uh, based on the way they landed it, they bumped all the way up. There is one show in particular that I reckon was probably around the, you know, maybe the 7-8 mark, uh, because I was enjoying it so much. And then the way it ended, uh, it ended up at number three. But uh, I have to say, looking at this list, the... The top five in particular was really difficult, and I reckon I reckon probably on any given day, the top three could easily, easily swap around. It was difficult to land exactly on uh, where I wanted to be with this stuff. But anyway, that's why I give it a little bit more time to um, settle, and I try to give it some time to have a little think about it, and then... I come up with this list and I watched quite a bit last year and this was, God, hang on, let's just see how much stuff I watched. I watched about, uh, you know, roughly about 50 things over the course of the year. Some of that stuff was 
uh, me revisiting old TV shows. I rewatched The Singing Detective, uh, which was a show that blew my mind in the 80s and has, I am very excited to say, held up. It's really held up and it's it's made me very happy to uh, realise that it's uh, still the business. Uh, there's some shows here that I really enjoyed that didn't end up making the top list and, you know, looking at them, it's like, God, I, I reckon they could have ended up. You know, like, I, I really enjoyed Poker Face. Uh, I really enjoyed season two of Perry Mason. Uh, they just didn't quite get there. I enjoyed White House Plumbers. I, I felt like it was a little bit flawed, but I still really enjoyed it. Silo. I I really enjoyed Winning Time. Uh, I know lots of people had issues with it, but I thought it was, you know, I wasn't watching it as a, a documentary series. I was watching it as <laughs> a, a soap opera around my favourite basketball team of all time so when things weren't quite right uh i wasn't necessarily watching it to for it to be accountable i can understand why people didn't like that but i was completely fine with it and uh yeah anyway and i got a i finally got around to watching tv shows like this is going to hurt and the hour uh, seasons one and two which were great i watched all three seasons of the tunnel uh i really loved that finally watched the first season of dairy girls which was fantastic so you know there was a lot of uh, really good stuff up there but I managed to get it down to a favorite top 10 but I'm, I'm just going to do three honorable mentions so we'll, we'll kick off with that in no particular order uh, John Oliver um, I love John Oliver uh, he could easily be the number one show of the year but I kind of have kept it to uh, it, 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 was, it was funny because I, I never miss an episode and I think it's so clever and I think it's so well put together and I've just kind of kept it to, you know, fictional TV series. But I feel like John Oliver's over in his own category as he is for the Emmys now uh, because everyone was getting too frustrated, I guess, that he kept winning. So they, they put him in a different category. So uh, John Oliver... Over on his own little universe, uh, I love that show. Uh, another TV show that nearly cracked my top 10 was The Swarm, which starred uh, Dominic Fishback, uh, who plays a young woman called Dre, who is uh, obsessed with a pop star whose fan base is known as The Swarm. And the show digs into her life and her fandom and how it can really go off the deep end uh took some big swings uh had some crazy uh uh guest stars in it uh rory culkin uh, paris jackson is really good uh so i really enjoyed that i watched that on amazon prime and you know it's it, it rolls the dice on some of the ways that it tells its story. And I love that. I love that they, uh, you know, went for it. And episode to episode was, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes there was a lot of gnashing of teeth. You know, you're sitting there going, oh, please don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Uh, the, the main character is, I guess, a sort of anti-hero I'm not even sure that's correct but uh an absolute dominant performance by Dominic Fishback who I've enjoyed in other tv shows as well so it was um nice to see her get a starring role especially with such a um such a uh, a tasty lead character to play I originally saw her in um Show Me a Hero, uh, but it was in The Deuce that she really stood out to me. One of my favourite TV shows of the last 10 years and one that kind of flies under the radar. So uh, if, you, if you're looking for something that's a little bit different, that's a little bit dark and uh, experimental, I would uh, heartily suggest The Swarm. Uh, the other TV show that I enjoyed was a miniseries. It was a, it was series two. Each, each series of this is different. It's a TV show called Time. Uh, I guess it's um, an anthology series. Uh, so uh, it's each season is about people being incarcerated in the UK. I thought the first season was great. Second season, uh, just as good. 
for completely different reasons, starring Bella Ramsey and Jodie Whittaker and uh, Tamara Lawrence uh, as uh, people who have, for different reasons, uh, ended up in jail and uh, they have to um, find their way through this life. Uh, three episodes each. They're pretty. They're pretty heavy, and. Once again, could easily have cracked my top 10. So those are the honourable mentions. Uh, So let's get to number 10, which was the television miniseries Beef, which is a miniseries and now is going to become a TV series. So uh, it stars uh, Stephen Yun and Ali Wong, uh, two pretty unlikable characters in many ways who end up having a moment where they cross paths and it does not go well and then they decide to um, essentially get revenge upon each other. Uh, Another one of those TV shows where uh, sometimes funny, sometimes you're just a little bit on edge and you wish they would calm the fuck down. But uh, lots of great characters around them and once again kind of goes into... Uh, areas that you're not quite exper- expecting and it does get experimental at points. Uh, some of the um, some of the supporting characters are fantastic and even when you're not particularly liking who you're watching uh, or who, <laughs> which character you're focused on, um, there's, there's still enough going on around it that it's funny and there's kind of other people you can have empathy for in scenes. And, you know, once again, even though uh, all the characters, uh, like the main characters of Danny and Amy, are pretty on the nose, it's still enjoyable. And and at times, it's it's good writing, I think. At times, I did kind of have empathy for them, even when I could have easily just shaken them until they fell apart, like... A sculpture or something is—it's uh, it's hard to explain. It sounds like I'm uh, dissing the TV show, but uh, uh, I think they did a really good job of balancing, you know, the, the 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 comedy and the drama, and it's kind of a thriller and it's uh, at times psychological. So I felt like that was a uh, a real win for me in the year. Coming in at number nine was Mrs. Davis. Uh, a show starring uh, Betty Gilpin as a nun who is uh, very much married to her faith, but she's taking on uh, a world of uh, technology. And uh, it's um, each episode, um, you know, week to week was, you know, really fascinating because you didn't quite know where anything was going, what was real, what wasn't real, what was imagined. Um you know, it's the, the idea of this artificial intelligence known as Mrs. Davis was uh, quite prescient for where we are at the moment. I really enjoyed it week to week and I, I was right into it. And to be honest, interestingly, when I was going back through my best of or favourite TV shows of the year, I realised that I hadn't really thought about it since I'd watched it. Now, that is not... Uh, that is not a diss, that is not me being particularly negative. I think, um, you know, I I remember in the moment really enjoying it and it probably in any other year would have been top five. Uh, I just, there were just other TV shows that I watched and enjoyed more and thought about more afterwards. So uh, Mrs. Davis was uh, still fantastic and... Well worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Um, is it a miniseries? Is it coming back? It felt like a miniseries. It felt like it ended in a place that was enough for me. But, you know, if they decided to do a season two, I'd, I'd be definitely uh, up for it. But it, it, feels, it feels done. So if you're looking for something that is you can enjoy in the moment and then move on. I think uh, it's definitely worthwhile. It's a high concept as well. Always funny. And uh, <laughs> there's a there's a great uh, 
character in it who is Australian who made me laugh a lot. So that is worth checking out. So that came in at number nine. Number eight, this is a disappointing one to come in at number eight because there's not going to be any more seasons of it, but it was the TV series The Great, uh, written and created by Australian writer Tony McNamara, who recently wrote the screenplay for Poor Things, a very, very, very funny writer. Uh, His um, use of language is second to none. He he really knows how to have characters swear. And I'd like to think that's Australian. That's that's some Australian skills kicking in right there. Uh, This is uh, been a series about uh, Catherine the Great. It's her rise to being uh, the ruler of Russia. Uh, it's fictionalised and uh, it's it's not necessarily something that you should be watching to get a complete idea of exact history, but I really loved it. Uh, I think Elle Fanning as Catherine was magnificent. Uh, Nicholas Holt as mostly Peter, <laughs> but also... Um, uh, some uh, another character who happens to look like Peter was very funny. Uh, some of the uh, supporting characters and actors were just as good as anyone, I reckon. Phoebe Fox was great. Charity Wakefield was great. Uh, you know, I, I, I really... Oh, and Freddie Fox, who will be mentioned a little bit later as well, made me laugh in every episode. Uh, season three was magnificent. Um you know, just them having to deal with all the uh, goings-on behind the scenes, people being uh, two-faced, everyone trying to get into a position that suits themselves while claiming to be more than they are. I think it was fantastic. And I was really looking to uh, enjoy many seasons of this. I reckon I I would have been up for another three or four seasons. But uh, they're not bringing it back. And weirdly, or maybe they had a sense that it wasn't coming back. I don't know. But the final scene of season three is kind of perfect as a finale. Does that make sense? Like, I would have liked to have had a lot more. But if it's not coming back, they finished it in a way that you can watch all three seasons. And it ends on this particular moment. And you go, you know what? This... This is good. This is, if you're not going to bring it back, this is a good place to end. So I really enjoyed The Great and can't stress enough how disappointed I am that uh, we're not going to get more of it. Elle Fanning's grown up to be a great actor. Uh, I really have been uh, a fan of hers for a while. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that the <laughs> the Sophia Coppola film uh, Somewhere is... Uh, one of my favourites of recent times, um, which, which I came, well, I have to be honest, uh, I came to many years after it was uh, uh, brought out, but when uh, uh, Ben Elwood and I did our Sophia Coppola series on the podcast, uh, I finally got around to watching it and, and watching a little Elle Fanning in that when she was so young, uh, was really exhibiting some talent there and being able to see it play out like it did in the, this uh, TV show was uh, a real treat. And I, I hope she gets more and more roles like this, especially funny roles. I think she's very good with um, delivering funny lines. Okay, uh, coming in at number seven is season five of What We Do in the Shadows. Look, I I don't really know how to talk about this other than Always makes me laugh. That's that's really all I can tell you. Uh, watching uh, the you know the idiot vampires try to exist in the world that they live in is always funny. Uh, I n- I never have a favourite character. It's always whoever I'm watching. Sometimes it's Colin Robinson. Sometimes it's Naja. Nandor is as soon as he appears and says something, you know, it's. It's always funny. Um, you know, Laszlo, all, all of them. All of them are just, Laszlo swearing is great. Or just his 
his particular pronunciations. He, <laughs> Matt Berry is is without a doubt a very very funny actor. They're all great, and I hear I read that they are finishing up with next season, and that's. Once again, that is one of those things where you go, oh, that's a bit disappointing. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a sitcom. How far can you go with sitcoms? I, I always loved uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And that, that last season was fine. But it felt for me like the, all the jokes had been done. Now, sorry, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine's defence, that... Uh, they came back at a time when, uh, you know, attitudes towards police were so, uh, in America specifically, were so uh, charged that it was very hard to uh, know how to proceed with a, a TV show like that. But but also, just kind of joke-wise, it felt like it had squeezed as much as it could out of all those characters. And I, you know... I really loved uh, last season of What We Do in the Shadows, but it wasn't my favourite season. I think that's a sign, isn't it? So if we're going to get one more season of that, I hope that they are... As we've talked about before, it's always better to leave the party early, right? So I hope they're leaving the party early and we get to be a bit... But once again, week to week, pound for pound, so many jokes... I laugh so hard and, uh, you know, it's still, it's still, uh, you know, right up there for me. So I'm looking forward to the final season at some point this year. Uh, Coming in at number six was a TV show that I have to be honest and say I didn't really have much interest in watching, but I liked the actors and I liked who was creating it. So I thought I'll Give the first one a go and see if it works for me. And here it is at number six. That was The Last of Us. Uh, I am not a video game guy. Not because I'm against video games. Because I just kind of realised many decades ago, I'm obsessive. Like when I'm into something, I'm really into it. And at that point, I was into movies, TV shows, books, comics, comedy, you know basketball like I had I had enough stuff that I felt passionately about and I I remember just looking at uh, video games and the way they were advancing and thought ah, oh, I just I just can't do this you know when they'd say you know you play this game and and it's a 22 hour game it's like that sounds great and I'm going to avoid it so <laughs> that's that's what I did with um uh with video games in general so uh I I vaguely had heard of The Last of Us, so that made me realise how popular it must be that it had still seeped into my uh, uh, public consciousness, I guess. So, sitting down to watch it, I came in with really fresh eyes. Uh, Once again, it's set during a, um, uh, you know, this dystopian world that's been caused by uh, a pandemic uh, brought on by a uh, fungal infection, uh, which, you know, classic uh, dystopian stuff uh, transforms people into zombie-like characters. So, you know, like even the zombie thing feels to me like a bit, you know, a, 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 just a bit ho-hum, you know? It's just not quite for me. And then I watched this and I really enjoyed <laughs> the first two episodes. I love Petro Pascal. I love Bella Ramsey. So I was thoroughly enjoying it for those reasons. Uh, you know, Anna Torv was in that first episode uh, and she was, you know, great. I was quite shocked to see her, you know, not not be around for as long as I expected. Sorry, that's a mild spoiler, but I, I already started too late. Uh, but... You know, this will not come as a shock to anyone who watched it. Episode three, uh, long, long time. I just loved it so much and it it really elevated it to a a whole new experience for me. Uh, You know, and I went through a real uh, roller coaster ride watching that episode because, you know, know, early on you meet uh, that survivalist Bill 
who's played by Nick Offerman, and you're like, oh, this kind of guy, yuck. And then, and then he seems to be living quite a happy life, and you go, oh, yeah, he's all right. He's he's doing his own thing. He's not hurting anyone. And then someone trips the alarm, and then it's like, oh no, who's this? And you see, oh, it's Murray Bartlett playing Frank, and I love Murray Bartlett. This is great. But then you're like, oh, I don't know. What's what's this guy going to do? I don't trust anyone in this world. Like, leave Bill alone. And then from there, if you've watched it, you know how it plays out. And I was sitting here by myself blubbering, going, wow, I did not see <laughs> any of this coming. None of it. Like, absolutely none of it. And it was... that That was the point where I went from... I'm really enjoying these first two episodes to... This is Can't Miss TV. And uh, I was lucky that uh, my friend Adam Richard has played the game. So he could, uh, you know, talk me through where there were um, uh, scenes that were like the way they were filmed were lifted directly from the video game. And you know what? I enjoyed the TV series so much for a moment. I thought maybe I should play the video game. And then I remembered why I hadn't. And uh, dodged a bullet there I think so there you go so that's uh so that's 10 to 6 so just as a recap number 10 beef number 9 Mrs Davis number 8 the great number 7 what we do in the shadows number 6 the last of us so let's get to our top 5 and I honestly think in any other year maybe number 5 would have been number 1 like it's it was genuinely difficult to kind of swap these around, but and you know what? Maybe in two weeks' time, I could I could do this again, and the the, the top five would be slightly different. What what I've what I've brought it down to is like like emotional response. That's been the tiebreaker in in all of these uh, TV shows. So um, all right, so let's go. Sorry, I'm, I'm banging on too much here. So let's go straight to number five, which was season four of Barry. It was the final season of Barry. I loved it. I loved every season. I loved every episode. Uh, I loved that it felt like it was going to be a much funnier series uh, than it um, turned out to be. Uh, I love that Bill Hader never really lost focus, that Barry is awful, just, just awful and not afraid to show that he's awful the like a lot of the characters were awful you know and uh it also took wild swings with with episodes like there there'd just be episodes where you're like is this is this meant to be real or is this meant to be um a slight and heightened reality it was it was so great and and characters in a way, never let you down by always letting you down a little bit. Does that make sense? Like, like so as an example, when t- towards the end, this is mild spoilers, but when when Gene, <laughs> played by Henry Winkler, when <laughs> Gene um, when, when is, uh, you know, against a movie being made uh out of the experience of what he went through with with Barry, and then learns from his agent that <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis wants to play him, like, and the way he changes, that makes me laugh a lot, and that is true to the character, and everything seems to go the way that it should. Like, uh, uh, I, I think everyone. Like maybe maybe some of the characters get a comeuppance that is a little bit harsh. Like maybe maybe Jean's is a little bit harsh, but Jean was also pretty self-centered and and uh, a day-to-day awful person for a long time. So you know, anyway, I, I I just I thought it was experimental. I thought it took some wild swings. I'll always reward that in what I'm watching. It had one of the scariest moments I've seen in a TV show where uh, Sally ends up possibly having someone breaking into her place and following her around. Maybe uh, it has a really like it's really 
like when it happened, I remember even now the hairs on my arms are standing up thinking about it. So, uh, and the the finale is interesting. Um, it's kind of ironic. Maybe has maybe has a uh, maybe a sense of uh, peace. It's interesting however you want to read that that those final moments with uh Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com With Sally, um, yeah, I'd like to think that that character... Uh, ends up with uh, a sense of uh, peace. Uh, Sarah Goldberg, massively underrated in this TV show. Like, Bill Hader gets all the accolades because of writing, directing, etc. Stephen Root's always great. Henry Winkler, obviously fantastic. Uh, Anthony Carrigan as uh, NoHo Hank, just sublime. But Sarah Goldberg, just unbelievably good. Just, like, I just wish that she'd... um, I wish she'd gotten a, some nominations or, or, or won, won something at some point. I, I hope she gets a lot more work because I think it's a pretty brave performance as well to play a character who is ostensibly uh, a narcissist, you know. But, you know, amongst all the other awful characters around, her character is in many ways uh, not that bad. Anyway, uh, I could bang on about Barry for ages. Once again, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to speak... Like, I've given away little bits and pieces here, but uh, I'm hoping that if you haven't watched any of these TV shows, that you go and check them out. So, uh, I should have probably said that at the start, but I just like to speak broadly about things in case uh, hearing me talk about this stuff is uh, the impetus for you to go and check out uh, some of these shows. All right, number four. I just love Slow Horses. I love it. It, every season has been right up there for me. I was hooked, line and sinkered. Is that right? Hooked, lined and sinkered? Anyway, I was hooked right from the first episode of the first season. Uh, it has so many fantastic actors and so many fantastic characters. Um, you know, Jackson Lamb as played by... <laughs> Gary Oldman has fast become one of my favourite all-time characters in anything. He's so gross. He looks like he stinks. I love that he's super sharp. He's cynical. Uh, He's brilliant. He's awful. And you can tell that Gary Oldman loves every line that he gets to deliver. Uh, Jack Loudon as River Cartwright, like... In any other TV series, he is the star of the TV show. But River is so sincere and so right on and a a bit useless. Not totally useless, just a bit useless. And it's a a pretty uh, tasty role for Jack Loudon to play because he's a handsome and charismatic actor, but he gets to, it's almost like he gets to play against type. Um, uh, Chris and Scott Thomas as uh, the Deputy uh, Director General of MI5. Uh, Diana Tavener is fantastic uh, by herself uh, in other scenes, but when you put her together with Gary Oldman, uh, electricity is 
right there before your very eyes. And uh, I can't go past uh, Saskia Reeves as Catherine Standish, who just, just hurts me. Just, um, just she's just so such a beautiful uh, actor, and she's so good in this, and she's so vulnerable. And um, oh, and I should also mention just one other uh, Rosalind. Uh, uh, Eliza, Eliza. Uh, I've never uh, heard her name pronounced out loud. She plays Louisa. She's also fantastic as well. Look, if you haven't seen uh, Slow Horses, it's on Apple TV. These are pretty much um, all the uh, people that work for MI5 who have fucked up, and uh, they haven't been sacked. They've been consigned to this uh, place where they're referred to as uh, uh, to a place called Slough House, where they're referred to as slow horses and they have to just put up with shit dull jobs and they have to put up with the abuse of their of their awful boss who is Gary Oldman's Jackson Lamb um who you know it's almost like he's trying to get them to quit out of boredom or frustration and they they keep getting involved in all of these um all of these uh situations where they have to they have to act. Uh, they're all based on the books by Mick Herron. And uh, season three uh, sees the, uh, the, the slow horses caught in a conspiracy that threatens to expose a buried MI5 secret in London. And, uh, you know, as, as the slow horses begin to work out what's going on, uh, they start to face uh, some real trials and, and it gets really dangerous and uh, not from outside uh, forces, but from MI5 itself. And each each season is slightly different in feel. So they're all kind of spy stories. But the first two seasons are a little bit slower, uh, not as in, not as a negative, but they're kind of more John Le Carre kind of stories. But this one's a little bit more action orientated. Uh, I know some people prefer the first two seasons for that reason, but I actually quite like uh the 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 change of flavor for this season it was uh, i found it incredibly exciting so uh i i thoroughly recommend slow horses easily could have been my number one tv show of the year uh but um as i'll explain with the next three uh these other ones just kind of hit home a little bit harder when it comes to um uh, emotional responses uh, I would, by the way, I'd get Apple TV just for slow horses. And the, one of the best things about it is every time a season ends, because they're so far advanced in what they're filming, you get to, you get a little trailer for the next season. How nice is that? So you finish a season and then you get a little taster for the next season and it makes you really pumped to get to it. So that's a, that's a nice little bonus thing that they do. Okay. Top three. Season five of Fargo. Wow. Just wow. As you know, it's an anthology series uh, uh, inspired by uh, not just the Coen Brothers Fargo, but also a lot of Coen Brothers uh, movies. It's kind of like this shared universe, but there's it's, it's rare that there's, you know, much in the way of crossover. They're very much standalone stories. This latest one was set in 2019, so it's the closest to present time that we've had. And uh, it stars Juno Temple as Dot, who is just a, you know, normal housewife living in Minnesota, you know, doing her thing. And then suddenly it turns out she has a past that nobody knows about that comes roaring back into her life. And it's suddenly a tale of survival. I'll kind of leave it at that as a description. Uh, John Hamm stars as uh, the Sheriff Roy Tillman. Honestly, one of the grossest performances I've seen. Uh, not gross in the way that Gary Oldman is gross in Slow Horses. Gross as in, I hated him. I hated this character so much. There's these creepy little touches that really, really kind of uh, suggest the, the, the weirdness of the character. He's like a right-wing conservative Trumpian, but when you see him with his shirt off, he's got pierced nipples. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't even really explain why that is such a a, a perfect uh, 
attention to detail to tell you who that character is. But that's if if you kind of get that on a gut level, I reckon you'll get where I'm coming from with uh, or with why I would tell you this. Uh, he is awful, brilliant by the way. Like I think he's fantastic, but awful. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee uh, plays Lorraine Lyon, who is also Dot's uh, wealthy and conservative mother-in-law. Uh, Joe Keery is great as Roy's loyal son, a character that I oscillated between really fucking hating and also sometimes having real empathy for. And that is, like, that's that's good, right? Like, that's really good acting. Once again, attention to detail. Um, I won't tell you what some of those things are, but sometimes he does things that are awful and then he'll do something physically and you go, yep, I completely understand this character. Uh it is, oh, and also uh, Sam Sproul, uh, is it Sproul? Uh, he plays a mysterious drifter called Ol Munch. And uh, once again, if you haven't seen Fargo series before, there's, there's sometimes, and also the same with uh, Coen Brothers films, there's sometimes this sense of the elemental within stories that are very much grounded in reality, and that's where Ol Munch comes in. I, I really love this series. Uh, I, I thought... I was really into it, and, uh, you know, there, there, there's some action scenes in it that are thrilling, absolutely thrilling, interesting characters. Um, oh, God, who's the actor that plays uh, Dot's husband? Uh, is it David Rishdal? I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's also really good as well. But anyway, I was really into all of this. I was really enjoying it week to week. I was ruminating on it. Uh, this is one of uh, this is the series that I was telling you about earlier. That the final twenty-ish minutes, maybe even half hour, are so for me pitch perfect, and I did not see it coming. And the final scene, the very final scene that you rest on, was so interesting and and unexpected and emotionally satisfying pushed it all the way up to number three. And once again, on another day, maybe my number one. Uh, I loved it. I just loved it. I think it's one of the best endings I've seen to a TV series. And, uh, you know, just incredibly emotionally satisfying. I could imagine some people watching it and saying, yeah, but I wanted what would normally happen in these types of TV shows. And, you know, you're not wrong to think that. But for me... I love that it went against the grain. And I think the message that it is sending that... Uh, I'll, I'll say this very obliquely, that you don't have to stick to the narrative you tell yourself. That's That, to me, is the message in, in that final 20-odd minutes and, in particular, that final scene. And I think I think they really nailed it. Uh, my My favourite... I don't necessarily have it in order, but I would say the first two seasons are my favourite. Maybe maybe season two is my favourite, season one. I really love season three. Uh, I know some people... It depends on how you feel about this, uh, one actor playing two characters. Uh, I, I really enjoyed season four. That, that's probably my least favourite. This, this one's probably up around, because of that finale, might be up uh, number two. I'd say it's definitely it's definitely kind of uh, anyway. Why am I trying to rate this on the on the on the fly when I'm uh, already <laughs> ranking a whole lot of stuff? Uh, Fargo season five loved it, and uh, if you want something um, that's going to really make you think, uh, go and check that out on the SBS app. Okay, number two was oh, season three of Reservation Dogs. I loved Reservation Dogs. I just thought it was a beautiful, beautiful TV series. And I just think the ending was pitch perfect. Uh, I loved all the characters. I loved all those young actors. I just thought they were so beautiful. And it was it was funny. It was gentle. It was just... Uh, once again, it had these... Uh, moments where it's like the supernatural exists within the real world but exists in a way where it's like are they imagining this is this really happening does it really even matter 
Uh, it felt uh, incredibly uh, spiritual, I guess. Uh, if you've never seen it before, and I, I know lots of people haven't watched it, and uh, look, don't get me wrong, I get it. I still haven't watched Succession. You know, there's a lot of shit out there. So this is not, when I say you, I know people haven't watched it, that's not me judging them, I just get it. But uh, the series follows uh, four Indigenous uh, teenagers, uh, American, uh, uh, they're Indians from, who live in uh, rural uh, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's about them growing up. And, and the first two seasons are about... Um, dealing with the death of a friend of theirs. Uh, and I, I know that sounds like a real bummer, but it, it's, it's, it, at times it's really funny. And it's, um, uh, and, the, and the way they deal with this grief, it, it, it takes them two seasons to kind of come to a point and you like uh, where, where they, they, they find a, a sense of grace, I guess. And then season three is uh, quite beautiful in that it, it then explores the, the the history of the older characters and how uh, how they were in their youths and how what they experienced trickled down to affect them as older people and then how it draws parallels with our reservation dogs but it also shows how the kids that we've been following have grown and what they've learnt. It's just just beautiful and I thought the finale was great and it was one of those series where I was like oh are they are they are they finishing but you know what they landed it so beautifully I'm good like I'm good it's it once again leave the party early could I have kept going back to those characters in the world they lived in absolutely but uh yeah where they finished was just Sublime. So, Reservation Dogs at uh, number two. And then number one was probably a little bit boring for a lot of people, but I just loved season two of The Bear. I loved season one. Uh, I, in many ways, I felt like season two was was uh, like even better. Um, you know, like there, there, there's so much that goes on in... Uh, in this TV show, uh, you know, they're, uh, it's Kami and Sydney uh, trying to uh, develop the menu for their, their restaurant, The Bear. Uh, you know, it's, it's trying to find money. It's trying to uh, be uh, business people, but also be inventive. There, there's, there's really great episodes that you would think, you know, okay, well, that's like that's that's your favorite episode and and then that happens quite a bit like you're watching an episode and you think oh i think that might be my favorite episode there's there's an episode right in the middle which is set uh in the past like about five, uh, like a few years before the bear is about to open and it's uh with kami and his family where you really get to meet his mum and extended family and you you get to see his uh you know his brother when he was still alive and it's 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 high tension it's a high tension episode and it's really at times funny but pretty much awful and if you've had a if you've had a bad christmas with the family then this will probably be triggering but for me the the episodes that just really um really popped for me were the uh were the were the quiet episodes uh the episodes that were just kind of uh, focusing on uh, one character and seeing how uh, they exist in the world. So, like, there's an episode that's just after the the Christmas episode, uh, which is called Forks, and it, and it's Richie who uh, is Kami's, you know, cousin, as it were. He's played by Eben Moss Bacharach, and it is he he sent off to a a restaurant to kind of you know, learn some skills and it, it's just not the place that he should be. And it is a stunning episode and it has a, it has a, uh, a cameo appearance by someone that I did not see coming. 
and that the, the I don't know the seven minutes those two characters share together probably my favorite seven minutes of of the season I just I just loved it it was it, it's so understated and it's so beautifully acted and you know the the character <laughs> of Richie is kind of a you know any any good TV show there's a character that drives you mental that you end up having a lot of affection for uh, as an example in season one of um, oh my god I've just drawn a blank on you know uh, six feet under uh, David was the character that was like oh fucking David and by the end David was my favorite character and Richie you know oh fucking Richie shut up mate but Richie's slowly becoming my favourite character. Uh, Ao Edabiri, who plays Sydney, is just oozes charisma. Uh, I love her character. Um, you know, watching her uh, grow as a as, as a character and 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 a skill set is one of the reasons that I keep coming back. Um, Marcus, who is learning to be a pastry chef. His episode, once again, a, a very quiet episode, but uh, beautifully, beautifully acted and uh, just um, uh, opposite uh, Will Poulter as well. Uh, once again, just not what you were expecting to have happen and it uh, is a sublime sublime episode uh and one of my favorites for the season actually all of the all of the guest stars are crazy like that that pop into it bob odenkirk uh sarah paulson john mulaney is really good um the 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 person who turns up in the episode where richie has to learn some skills i don't even want to tell you who that is because but part of the part of the joy of that character is who it's played by and you know jeremy allen white as kami is compelling and he's frustrating and he is he kind of drives me a little bit insane but like i get it like you you get where he's coming from you get why he is the way he is and there's something fascinating to tell a story that I okay let me double uh, uh, backtrack here for a sec so in in the real world they say if if you can do make a living from what you love and what you're good at you, you never work a day in your life right that like that's the common uh, thing that we're always told right Kami is a brilliant chef like brilliance an award-winning uh, chef who is bringing all his skills and talent, obviously has a, has a charisma, everyone speaks highly of him, and it's like his job makes him fucking miserable. And that is a fascinating thing to watch. The thing that you're brilliant at, the thing that is meant to be your passion, and you're just anhedonic. Like, there's this inability to experience joy and, and how that just absolutely corrupts him and not corrupts him as in makes him a like you know he's doing dodgy things but corrupts his ability to be in a moment and 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 experience the victories um now i i will give i will give a caveat this is not a caveat for me this is a caveat from what people have said to me i i loved the ending to season one had a little cry it was great uh I love the ending to season two. Didn't have a little cry on this one, but felt very emotional. And some people, some of my friends didn't like the end of season one because they don't really, they get caught up in the, but how did they do such and such? And in this season, it's like, couldn't they have just, that? That's that's not how a certain thing works. A physical thing works. There would be, um, it's to do with the door, right? I really don't give a shit. Like, if if, if you want to technically say these things, I, like, I get it. But emotionally, I always end exactly where I'm meant to land. And, and also, I'll be honest with you, both seasons have finished with one of my favourite songs by one of my favourite bands, but not the song 
that most people would pick to finish with. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, there's lots of Radiohead fans out there. If you said to people, pick pick a Radiohead song to finish with, they've picked one that's one of my favourites that I don't often hear uh, people mentioning. And season two, finish with, uh, you know, I've there's... I've got a whole lot of uh, REM albums uh, from a certain. Uh, there's a certain period of REM that I'm pretty addicted to, and they finished with a song from REM that most people wouldn't pick, and they're two of my favourites. So that always emotionally really <laughs> lands for me. I'm really, I'm really excited to. Ah, great! This is uh, hitting me in all the feels. So anyway, uh, I loved it. I can't wait for it to come back. It's one of my you know, keeping an eye on TV series. When's that back? When are you coming back? Can't wait. So there you have it. So let's um, let's go through it one more time. Uh, starting at number 10, we go Beef. Number 9 was Mrs. Davis. 8 was The Great Season 3. 7, What We Do in the Shadows Season 5. 6, The Last of Us. 5, Barry Season 4. Uh, number 4, Slow Horses Season 3. At three, Fargo season five, two, Reservation Dogs season three, and number one, The Bear season two. So that is my favourite 10 TV series with shout outs to Time, Swarm, and John Oliver uh, for 2023. As I said, I deliberately sit on these things a little bit longer to have a, have a bit of time to let them settle and uh, let me, you know get my head around them and uh anyway um let me know what you think you know like uh maybe maybe (laughs) maybe you've forgotten most of these tv shows because you're not insane like me and keep a list of them i keep a list so i can go back over them to do this podcast so i'm i'm always thinking of you guys i don't want to i'm sure i've missed something but um you know there were other TV shows that I enjoyed. Uh, for All Mankind, I enjoyed. wasn't my favourite season, but, I, I, you know, I'm still invested in that. I really enjoyed uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Not every episode really did it for me, but the ones I enjoyed, I enjoyed, you know. So there's, there's other things out there to uh, have a good time with, but uh, that's my top ten. All right. I will let you go. Uh, I will be... Uh, Back soon. We're getting right to the end of the long form story I've been reading out under the uh, Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted uh, line of uh, stories that I normally tell. This one's been called The Ultimate. Uh, it's been many chapters. It's uh, I think we're up to chapter 31. So we're really close to the end. I might even record the last couple of chapters uh, as one big whole to finish up. Uh, thank you for all the kind words on that. Uh, I know some of you are waiting for it to finish so you can just listen to it at your own pace. So thank you for being patient and thank you for letting me know as well. That's very nice of you too. Uh, just a quick thing. Some people ask me, where should you start with the ultimate? And when I answer, people think I'm being a smartass, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just being honest. So if, if you have clocked on and go, hang on, uh, this is chapter 31. Where do I start? Chapter one. Just just go back and find it's the first three chapters. So, uh, yeah, I'm not being sarcastic. That's, I just don't know how to, else to answer it. It starts at chapter one and it'll end at the end. So <laughs> every time someone asks me and I answer that, everyone looks at me as if they say, oh, you don't have to be rude. So I'm not being rude. I just don't know how else to answer it. Uh, so we will uh, finish that very soon and uh, we will have uh, more best ofs. I've had time to have a little think about movies, etc. So keep an eye and an ear out for that. All right. Thank you for hanging out with me. It's always lovely to have your company. Uh, if you would prefer to listen to this uh, ad-free or you'd like access to bonus podcast i'm putting up a uh can you take this photo please uh from about 10 years ago with richard feidler over at uh at the patreon so you go to patreon.com forward slash justin hamilton you'll find a tier that suits you and you can access uh, bonus podcasts and get this ad free but thanks for listening to this one it's really appreciated 
Hope your year is kicking along nicely and I will be back soon. Until then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.